I have Reese Thomas with me today. Reese, thank you for coming on board onto Heart Talk and sharing your mind and your heart today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a real honour to uh, to take part. You're welcome. So before we jump on, let me just introduce you to all the viewers sure. and the listeners. So Reese is just a brilliant human whom I met on uh, LinkedIn Connections and he is doing fantastic, phenomenal things. He helps leaders and emerging leaders to find their true self and create impact in their own lives and in their business via emotional intelligence, mindset, communication and connection. And he has a coaching business and consulting facilitating business. And he's also the co-host of TMTESQ podcast. And I've heard your podcast, Reese, and it's just amazing and brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was a great <laughs> intro. <laughs> so I invited Reese for many reasons. And one of the reasons is because I absolutely love your passion on LinkedIn, on emotional intelligence, and also you speak in-depthly and passionately about inclusive communication, and you emphasize on listening. So let's dig a little bit deeper into listening and what listening, why listening is so important and connected to become a more heartful, connected leader. Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, communication itself, I mean, it's 50% speaking, 50% listening. And I think over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, there's been a lot of um, work and investment and talk and, and publications about the importance of speaking, but less so on the importance of listening. It's something that we all, you know, innately do. We've learned from a, from a small child and it's something that we take for granted really. But um, <clears throat> this is uh, something that I've learned more recently in the last few months. So someone actually we had on our show, uh, Oscar Trimboli, who is uh, the author of an amazing book called Deep Listening, uh, goes into great depth about the importance of silence. Uh, it's something that in the Western world that is kind of more taken as a, as a negative thing. There are lots of connotations around, you know, an uncomfortable silence or you know, these kind of things. Whereas in other societies or cultures, it's highly respected and it's used as a great self-reflection tool. It's used to understand, um, <clears throat> get to the real answer. So this idea of listening is something that I'm trying to incorporate into what I'm doing. It's obviously a big part of what we do as a coach. It's about asking the right questions and it's about listening and it's about helping to guide them to, you know, the realization uh, that's already within them. And on, uh, uh, corporate sort of group facilitating consulting side of the business, um, <clears throat> working with teams, trying to create this connection, um, working with the leaders to understand the importance and the value of listening to, to their team um, <clears throat> and to themselves to help build a better heart-led um, organization or, uh, or community. Uh, the principle applies to personal life or business life, community life, social life, it's something that we can all do and something that I think is really important that we explore and try and popularize as much as possible. <laughs> right. You mentioned two very important things that brought this to add. 
So you mentioned importance of listening to others and to our souls. Could you expand yeah. a little bit about why is it important to listen to our souls as a leader, especially? Uh, yeah, sure. I think um, I think everything starts with self. That's something that I try to sort of promote. That's you know the reason my business is called True Self. I think once you have that self awareness, that understanding from within, you can then have that as a model to then use with other people, whether it's your team, whether it's your relationships. So I think once you first have the experience and understanding and then the how from, from an internal point of view, you can then use those skills and tools on other people with other people to help them um, <clears throat> have the same kind of realization, I hope. <laughs> right. No, that's brilliant. And um, you also mentioned something about in the Western world, we tend to take silence as a weakness. And in other cultures, silence is in the form of reflection. And could we talk a little bit about why, why we should actively shift that mindset on eliminating that mindset of silence is equals to weakness? Um, in the moment of silence, that's listening. Can you just expand a little bit about how listening silently becomes a catalyst to other functions in our brain and other matters. Sure. Yeah. So in essence, in this, in this book about deep listening, one of the principles is about clearing your own mind of your own sort of thoughts so that you can fully engage with what the other person is listening. Um, you're not filling your own mind with your own preconceptions. You're not trying to interrupt. You're not trying to interject into the conversation to prove your own self-worth or your own knowledge you give the other person the respect and the time to communicate fully what they what they're intending to 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 share with you and then beyond that there's a, there's another idea about um uh, nancy klein and if you know her she has about a thinking environment and she talks about um the importance of listening to ignite rather than you know most people just have this kind of idea of listening to reply so <clears throat> a couple of things there I think from a silence point of view, um, <clears throat> it comes back to maybe like a physiological reason. Um, it relates to the breathing. I think with, when we slow down our breathing, it has an effect on the, uh, what's it called? It's like the parasympathetic nerve in the brain. So it helps reduce your kind of stress and it helps create more clarity of thought. And I think that pause for breath is, is, is useful. And then beyond that is the silence, which is then the opportunity for you to truly sort of reflect and think about what the other person has said rather than just trying to rush in with a preconceived idea or notion that you believe to be correct. And then therefore, when you, when you don't show that respect, when you don't, um, when you do interrupt, you don't let the other person fully expand on their, th their own thinking. You know, it's about asking the right questions to sort of keep pushing them to that final realization. And only then do you, do you respond? Do you, do you feel the need to interject your own thought, perhaps to then further um, <clears throat> ignite the, the thinking? So those are all kind of two or three different things there, which hopefully, is, hopefully makes sense. No, absolutely. So I absolutely loved what you mentioned about, you know, the clarity of thought when we're listening. We tend to hold on to preconceived notions, right? And that is so true. Um, you mentioned about listening. Some people listen to speak <laughs> or to share their voice, and they didn't 
actively listen to understand and and that is so important in the landscape of leadership that to be at the workplace or even at home right or in our communities with our friends and even if you become the president of a country mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> listening the art of listening is so important to understand that person you mentioned about asking clarifying questions and and in while on the topic of listening to understand right uh, i'd like to bring up something that i noticed when i was traveling recently i was in different parts of the world and and in some countries that i went to english was not the first language so people usually speak in different languages and the way they think is in a different language right and when they are trying to explain themselves it takes a process for them to translate in their mind and then to translate it into how they're communicating and as i was listening i had not a hard time but it was really interesting for me to to listen to how this person was expressing their thoughts and explaining a whole process because the message that came out was translated in your mind from a different language and into a common language, which is, which is English. Yeah. And I had uh, two or three other peers beside me and they kept on making snap ju- judgments as to, oh, you, you're not explaining really well, you're not speaking proper English, English is not your first language. But it's not a matter of English, right? Whether we speak proper English or we speak the same language, it's a matter of, like you said, listening to actively wanting to understand sure so can you explain the importance and how we can actually ask conscious questions to make that connection with someone to truly understand them yeah definitely i mean i think um the important thing to note with the questions when you're trying to have this uh, realization is to position it in such a way as it's more of a, a how question rather than a, a what question. Um, I think this is something that I found in, in the work that I'm doing. It works well with in a team environment as well. When you had to get the collective sort of response, think about how you're asking for them all to have this contribution. You're asking for them for their input rather than a what is a bit more of a sort of, you know, definitive answer whereas a how is a more all-encompassing answer so that's the first thing um it's interesting that you mentioned about the different languages because i saw a video the other day and it was saying to, it was talking about psychology i think but it was saying that you you respond to something with your sort of more emotional side of the brain and you can be triggered and impulsive but if you try to uh think about it in a different language if you have those skills um, that sort of immediately clicks in the, the more the logical side of the brain. So presumably because your ability to speak in another language is not quite as defined as it is in your first tongue. So that is a simple idea to try and help um, reduce your impulsive nature. Think about it in a second language, you automatically have a more logical, logical way of, of expressing yourself. Uh, which maybe relates to the friends that you were you were speaking to. Very very interesting, Bill. Here, I I like 
the logic sense of it, right? You mentioned about when we when we converse in our native language, logic comes to you naturally, and which is really interesting because I've worked with um, people from India or people from different parts of the world, uh, China, and they are technical people where they create software or develop software, and and they are exposed to different sense of challenges in their own countries or platforms where they are solving different kind of challenges. And the way that they translate that in their language, not just in their native language, but also in the language of coding, right? Mm. Because <laughs> the way that they listen and the way they transform a challenge into a solution, it's just interesting and just mind-blowing because it, they do not look at it from a very singular lens they look at it from an extended lens now that brings me to ask you the question of the importance of listening from an extended lens like mm. you said many of us listen to to with this preconceived notions or listen to speak and when you mentioned about asking those how questions that promotes a yes as opposed to a no, how is that related and why the importance of asking the how from an extended lens? Okay, so first of all, the extended lens point, I think is, is a really interesting um, perspective. And I'll, I'll use your analogy there with the, with the guys who are, you know, they've got their first language, they've got their second the community language and they've got their coding language. So. I think of it like um, like a microscope or something. So you have a different lens, one from here, a second lens here, and a third lens. And each lens helps to sort of magnify and, and, and understand the, the real, the truth or the, the real answer that you're looking for. So I think that's that's a really interesting um, analogy that you said there. And I think it it, it ultimately will lead to to the right answer, the better answer. I think by having those multiple perspectives and being able to. Uh, understand different um, <clears throat> causality is that what re relates to the um, the final answer. So um, what was the second question, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> the importance of listening from an extended lens uh, yeah. that promotes how, which is how is equals to yes, right? Which is yeah. possibilities. Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> the how question is just more uh, inclusive, I think. I think that's the, the essence of, of why I, why I use it, and because it's a, it's a cumulative sort of thing. It's like, how can we do this? I want multiple ideas. It's like brainstorming. If you like, how do we do this? Rather than what is the solution? So how is collective? It's inclusive. It's um, <clears throat> creative. Whereas uh, other, other options are more limited. I think. Um, <clears throat> I think in terms of sort of the compassionate listening that we talked about initially i think um i said earlier about how different cultures have different perspectives of it and there's um there's something here that i wanted to share with you it's about it's from this book and it's a it's from a it's the chinese character for to listen which i i believe is pronounced ting or t-i-n-g and obviously in chinese characters you know the, the different symbols it's made up of uh, six different components. Um, each of them reflects a different aspect that they um, relate to listening and, and how it's important in the overall picture of listening. So the, the, the six things are here, be present, 
be respectful, see, focus, and feel. So the interesting thing here is that only two of them sort of deal with, with actual bodily uh, physiological things. The other, the other four are about sort of emotion and, and state of mind. So whereas we just think of listening, they you know, have far, far greater sort of uh, ideas around what listening actually means and, and all the different things you have to uh, encapsulate to, to really fully deep listening. <laughs> I love what you just shot, Reese. You mentioned being present, being yeah. respectful, feeling, right? Feeling yeah. is, is mentioned as well. And no one normally approaches that from that lens, right? And that's such an extended lens. And respectful is such an important aspect of listening because when, most of the time when we go into meetings or when we go into family gatherings, or even any kind of society meetings, or even in schools, right? We go into a class or workplace thinking that I know better. Well, some of us do, and some of us lack the confidence, but there are some people there that they will go into meetings, I know better. And you mentioned a very important part of listening, which is inclusive, right? Mm. Inclusive, being inclusive in listening is such an important asset for leaders to create that space of belonging, that space of safety. And, and you spoke about conscious, uh, being conscious today on LinkedIn. And I right. feel that that is directly related to being respectful, uh, listening respectfully. From your experience and from from your expertise, how can someone practice respectful listening? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say that the inclusivity piece is not just specific to the listening. I think, uh, as you would agree, that the, from leadership, the importance of inclusivity is is the thing that is really changing the perspective. Whereas before, a leader was you know an island on their own with uh, dictating this is how things. They didn't take the time or have the humility to and appreciate that. They didn't know everything. They didn't have the right answer for everything. And they might just be surrounding themselves with yes men or yes women. And, and they didn't take the opportunity to engage with the entire, um, entire group. Um, <clears throat> that's something that is important when it comes to connection and communication in, in, the, in the groups or workshops that, that I'm doing. Um, in terms of uh, respectful listening, that was your question, wasn't it? <laughs> respectful listening. So it comes back to that idea of Yes, being present. Yes, um, simply waiting your turn. You know, too many people, like I said, that they have a prevalence to show how smart they are. They they are not willing to wait for their turn. They feel they have a their ego is is is, is in compelling them to put themselves forward, be seen, be heard. Perhaps be you know perhaps it's necessary in a competitive. Um, teamwork and environment that perhaps is dictated by the leadership structure that is already in place but um, <clears throat> I think once you have that sort of self-awareness piece you understand that it's not important um, to be the loudest be the first heard often often in, in other cultures again the, the last person to speak is the one who holds all the power who holds all the um, <clears throat> the wisdom, the, the 
everyone will speak around the table and then the, the, the boss makes the decision at the end. So being, being impatient and, and, and being too hasty to be, be seen obviously has some, some impact and uh, people want to do well. They want to be um, appreciated and get that validation piece. But ultimately I think the ones who have been through the experience before and understand the real uh, benefit is is listening to everyone else's idea first, and then coming in with you know being able to reflect on everything that everyone else has shared, rather than just going straight out of the gate and and then maybe <laughs> regretting what you said by by the end of the <laughs> once everyone else has had a turn. So I think it's just a simple question of respect. I love how you put it, and um, you mentioned something about validation, right? People often want that validation piece so they speak really quickly and that's something that i have i've been living in the u.s for over 15 years now okay and um the way people work is is very much different over here it's it's about i need to stand out i need to speak first the person who barks the letters is the one with the best ideas but it's not really the person who talks a lot, the person <laughs> who is so out there is the one who's going to get promoted. Sure. And, and that, that all ties in with the validation piece, right? And you mentioned about being conscious and the last one to speak. Coming from a very conscious perspective and, and what you posted today, how can we consciously quiet, quiet not quite, like really calm, our ego and our mind from standing out to standing within? Yeah, wow, good question. I mean, obviously, if you have that uh, sort of ingrained self-belief through many years of, you know, living personally and you know, in a working environment, it's hard to have that shift because it is a, you know, almost a 180 shift. And we talked before about how it's easier to make small incremental changes. I think you said something about micro changes and how that helps you create the, the desired goal um, but trying to do it too quickly often leads to uh, failure <laughs> um, so <clears throat> in terms of the question um, I think I think learning to to live with um, live with the questions and, and rather than being too quick to seek the answers I know that that sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but in a way, especially for me, I mean, I, I love learning. I love um, personal development. That's what, that's what I'm all about. But I think learning from this book in particular, I keep referring to, but he, he talks about this idea about not, not rushing to find the, the answers, not rushing to fill the void, to fill the silence, uh, just allowing the question to sit with you and, and understanding where they come from, why they're, why they're being um, raised, those particular questions, what is promoting, is, is prompting the individual to have those feelings. And sometimes those questions are more important than um, understanding the why rather than understanding the, the answer. <laughs> if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love it. Love it, Rose. So what are some, what, what three 
advice, not, yeah, three points or one advice which you give viewers and listeners to, to take action on in order to listening heartfully to become more connected leaders? I think it comes down to being present. I think, you know, as much as in this, in this day and age, everyone is bombarded with information and, you know, your phones, your computer, your, your obligations from your work. These are all things which are self-imposed and you feel that, you know, you don't allow you the time to, to be, to, to have this reflective idea. So removing the distractions, I guess, is probably the first, the most simplest thing. Um, you know, just going into a meeting and, and turning all your phones off or something like that and, and actually all being present there, having that sort of connection in the meeting will actually provide a much more productive uh, session. It probably won't take as long, maybe, if you're all fully engaged and, and, and following this idea. And there are lots of things that people can do to employ this sort of idea and the more you do it, the more this sort of habit will form and you'll find a better use of your time and more productive um, uh, meetings will, will become. You'll be able to find the solution far easier. And, and again, but including everyone, but just starts off with everyone sitting down, doing like a check-in, introducing, you know, not introducing themselves, but having a sort of touch point where you have that familiarity, it sort of breaks the ice and everyone maybe has, a, has an opportunity to speak so that people aren't feeling that anxiety, you know, pressure to, to speak. You know, if it's all taken out of the equation in the first five minutes, it then puts everyone on a sort of level playing field. Um, um, this is more in a sort of group workshop type of idea when people don't necessarily know each other so well. But even sometimes when you know people so well, you, you don't really understand why they're saying what they're saying, why they're asking the questions or even what's happened to them that morning that's put them in this, this mood, you know? Um, so taking that initial time to connect is, is so important. And it starts off by removing the distractions. Brilliant, brilliantly put, Reese. I so appreciate you sharing your heart and your mind on the Heart Talk today.